1: All right, guys, before we jump into the show, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. who are giving you 25% off right now, 25% off when you use the code DNVR25. You get a quarter of your purchase for free. It's a pretty sweet deal. And what's better is once you try out this rich, tasty CBD infused coffee and realize that you love it, well, you can subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and they'll send it straight to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks. And you'll continue getting a large discount, 20% off every single time they do it. You won't have to worry about putting in your credit card information. You won't have to worry about running out of coffee. They'll just send it to you whenever you need. Uh, So check out Strava Craft Coffee today. Couple with a break, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio B. The B stands for Broncos, and it is a big day for maybe not quarterback talk, but another guy who we actually talked about not showing out yesterday, mm-hmm. we'll get around to who that is in just a second here, unless you've read the title of the show, in which case you probably know who we're talking about. But first, we want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. MSUDenver.edu online is the website. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So, what that means is you can get a great education while. Wow keeping a full-time job and then hopefully later down the road you get a better full-time job because of that education mace
0: how are you my friend
1: i am uh, I'm doing good yeah went to the rockies game last night watched them light up the sky with some home runs grand slams and- saw a bunch
0: of jerseys of people who no longer play for the cubs anymore
1: Yes, I did not actually, and I'm not exaggerating, I did not in person one time see a Cubs fan wearing a jersey of a player who's on the team. Now, someone responded to my tweet of someone in the stadium wearing a Jason Hayward jersey, but I didn't see that person with my own eyes.
0: Yeah, it's because I guess no one wanted Jason Hayward, which is too bad. I mean, gosh, 11 years ago when he broke through, man, with the Braves looked like he was going to be a superstar for a long time. and sure did. Yeah, it was Jason Hayward and Freddie Freeman came about the same time. It was Freddie that was the one that was the MVP and not Hayward. But uh yeah, the Cubs are kind of a depressed uh, husk of their former selves right now,
1: really. Yes. But Anyways, their fans
0: still showed out, for better or for worse.
1: They sure did. Yes. They bought those tickets a while ago. Yeah,
0: I mean you might as well enjoy to a nice night in Denver in the summertime, right? I mean you've already I mean already bought
1: the tickets. I'm a Rockies fan and I was there, yes. so you know, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Nice um, night though, yeah. Yes, it was a nice night. Okay. First question I have for you about training camp today mm-hmm. is how is the energy? A lot of people complained about the energy yesterday, thought it was a low-energy practice for the first padded practice. Did it ramp up at all today?
0: It ramped up a little bit. I think uh, part of it was um, a part part of it was pushing the ball downfield a little bit more and just kind of the structure of practice. I think if, if, I, if I'm going to offer a critique here of uh, how the coaches plan the practices, it is this. Yesterday at camp if you're listening so if so tuesday at camp specifically that they focused on the run they did some work on the screen game and then they also practiced situations like throwing it out of bounds with one second left and that sort of thing if you're going to have a day that's kind of meat and potatoes ish run screen game that kind of thing what you need to do in the middle of practice is throwing like a two minute move of the ball period.
1: Mm.
0: Just get everybody Just get get everyone li- riled
1: up a little riled bit. up
0: lively. Give them a, a, give them a real meaty situation that, right. that gets everyone jacked up kind of gets everyone thinking, okay, it's kind of the clutch here. Got to make a play. And they did that today. We'll get into that as this show goes on. But that's where I think they kind of erred is in kind of instead of having a period like that midway through practice, they're having a period where they're literally trying to spike the ball after one completion or they're having the quarterback throw out of bounds. So I think there are some things structurally in practice that maybe can keep everybody a little bit more engaged. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I thought that the effort was there, but it's, it was certainly a little bit languid and today I think it popped a little bit more. It also helped that there were some plays, that popped. You had Teddy uh, kind of setting the tone early, going on a play action, roll to the right, found Noah Fant deep down the left sideline, uh past Justin Stroud beaten in coverage, through across the field, great play, 55-yard touchdown. Yep. So you had some you had some dynamism going on today that wasn't there on Tuesday.
1: All right, let's not bury the lead too far, man. Yes. The real story out there today was Cortland Sutton. And the funny thing about this is yesterday, Zach and I went through the whole roster, Mm -hmm. and I asked him, trending up or trending down? And I believe he had Cortland Sutton as either neutral or trending down, just saying, like, he hasn't showed out. We haven't seen that big play threat. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like maybe he's still settling in. Well, great news on that front.
0: Great news on that front, because in this case... Cortland Sutton made his quarterbacks look good. And a couple of plays jump out. First one is he makes a one-handed grab of a pass that Teddy throws behind him. It's not a good throw by Teddy Bridgewater. Cortland reaches back, gets the one-handed grab. Lots of oohs and ahs from the audience. And then later on has another nice grab, again, kind of reaching behind him. This one from Drew Locke. So this is the Cortland Sutton that we know and love. The Courtland Sutton who can bail out his quarterback because either he's able to make kind of that, that, play in tra- that play in traffic, that leaping grab. It wasn't really that today. This was the fact that if you put it anywhere within arm's length, even if it's a throw that's off, even if it's the wrong shoulder, even if it's behind him instead of leading him, he's got a chance to make that play. Yep. Quarterback's best friend when he's doing things like that.
1: And it... It was such a glaring hole last season. Yes, in the offense, uh, you know Tim Patrick is a very good NFL receiver, but he doesn't. He's just not the same type of vertical athlete, and I think even like his catch radius just might not be quite as big as Cortland Sutton's. And he's just not a guy who you just say like just throw just throw it up and give him a chance. He's right. not that physical freak, even though he is a special athlete in his own right. He's not that physical freak that Cortland is where you just say, if you give him an opportunity to catch the ball, you've got a great chance. You know, we used to call him 60-40 balls or even 70-30 balls when it came to him. Right. In that first camp when Case Keenum kept finding him deep.
0: Well, your theory is if you get on the opponent's side of the 50, throw it down there, give him a shot. Yeah, the give him three rule. shots. Yes. And when he makes plays like, like this, absolutely, you take, you take these shots. Because... He's making plays when the throws aren't where you want them to be. It's one thing. I mean, if he, if the ball is in stride, he's got a chance to take it the distance. This, he's not going to take it the distance, but he reaches out and plucks a ball behind him with one hand. That's 20 yards that you didn't have otherwise. Yeah, Ali, I think that's a game-changing moment. The Broncos put the video yes. up of that up on Twitter with the, uh, with the caption, court doing court things. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the perfect way to describe what he was doing. He was Cortland Sutton
1: today, and that is so relieving to oh, hear because so exciting. while it was understandable what Zach was saying yesterday and true mm-hmm. that he just hadn't popped yet. Yes, it's it's always a little bit scary because you just think to yourself, okay, well, if he's owed some time mm-hmm. to get his mm-hmm. legs under him, yeah. but how long? Is it a year? Is it six months? Is it five practices? It looks. Hopefully, yeah. like it was five practices or six practices mm-hmm. um, before he was able to kind of get his legs back underneath him. His
0: reps are going up as well. The other thing is when they were easing him back in, he was doing a lot of stuff with the second team. And now we're starting to see him do more with the first team. I mean, if I have a little bit of a concern, sometimes there still is looks to be a little bit of a, of a hitch. but that's something that you expect is going to come with time. They would not have him out there if he if, if his knee wasn't well enough to where he can play right and if, and the thing that we also know with all the with all these ACLs is this there's that year where you can play but maybe you're not back to being all the way there but you're most of the way there and then it's the year after when you're kind of hundred percent. And I think maybe we kind of see that with Cortland where he's like ninety to ninety-five percent of what he was in this first in this first year back. But based on today and the, abil- and the ability to make those plays when the when the passes aren't exactly on target, this shows he's going to be a plus player. He's going to help you. And oh, by the way, he's probably not going to see cornerback one a lot of the time the way Jerry Judy is playing. So his matchups are going to be better.
1: That, I mean, I agree with you, um, but just thinking about yeah. that and, like, saying it out loud, Cortland Sutton going against CB2 uh, is a big problem for a lot of teams. Yes. A big, big problem. And then, of course, you know, you throw in Noah Fant, who's probably drawing a mismatch as well. I mean, he was
0: burning Justin today. Yeah. yeah,
1: Tough for Justin. It but... is
0: tough for Justin. You know, there's a lot on his plate. He's adjusting. It was a tough day all around for Justin because there was one play where Javante Williams, he—, he Crashes up the middle. Justin fills the hole, and Williams just goes straight into his chops. Mm.
1: Through him? Didn't throw him. Just kind of no, knocked I just mean him like, back. Did he run through him? Yeah,
0: kind of. Like he knocked him back a little bit. He went. He went. He went right at the chest.
1: Well, yeah. it's a good job by the running back. A little more of a maybe a collision that you yeah. need hope to see at training camp.
0: It is, but you're also testing Justin's or not. I think you're trying to find out what his what his strengths are, what his limitations are. You're trying to, and it's an opportunity to, with Josie Jewel on the shelf. It's an opportunity to find out whether Strahd is an every down linebacker. And it's, and, but the thing is he gets beat by Noah Fant. Noah Fant's going to beat a lot of people.
1: What's interesting well. is if I'm going up against the Broncos, depending mm-hmm. on how, let's just assume Cortland is at full health. Yeah. I actually think I'm putting my, my CB one on Cortland. Okay. Because I don't think anyone's CB one can stay with Jerry Judy. So you're basically telling – I'm telling my CB2 to play off of him and keep him in front of you. Whereas, like, I mean, who was it? I forget who it was, but there was a very strong corner who was talking this year who said that Jerry might have been the toughest matchup he faced last year. Yeah.
0: Who was that?
1: Well, you have been in Carolina? Yeah. yeah,
0: I, I, know we, early or something. I know what you're talking about. Now, what's interesting is you talk about, like, the quality of corners that you're going to face. If we just take pro football focuses rankings. Who are the best outside corners, right? Okay, Jair Alexander, you're not going to see him. Jalen Ramsey, you're not going to see him. Marlon Humphrey, you'll see him in, in week four. Xavier Howard, who knows where he ends up. Mm-hmm. James Bradbury, the Giants, you'll see him right out of the blocks. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, Patriots. Tredavious White of the Bills, you're not going to see either of those guys. Denzel Ward of the Browns. And then William Jackson and uh, Marcus Peters. So you're going to see about you're you're going to see about half of the top ten cornerbacks in this league. Now the question is, do you look at, for example, Denzel Ward as somebody who could contain Jerry Judy? I don't. And think, if you don't see him that see him that way, then you put Denzel on Cortland.
1: I probably look at Jalen Ramsey and list for me. Okay, as guys that I would put on Jerry Judy and say like he can clamp him down. Okay. Uh, and again, Jerry has to put all the other stuff together. Uh, it looks like he has so far in this camp. How did he look today?
0: looked fine. I mean, he looked like himself. But, I mean, today was Cortland right. uh, get, being the alpha. But that's, you get into the season, and we're going to have games where Cortland Sutton leads in receiving yardage, or Jerry Judy leads, or Noah Fant leads. That should, it, it's not going to be where one of these guys is always having 100, 100 110 120 yards. So you think about, I mean although you know Jerry Judy is very confident that he can get 2,000 yards and I like the confidence that he has there. At the same time, between this offense probably emphasizing the run more than most offenses, the relative limitations of the quarterbacks, and the fact that you have three aces as it were in terms of catching the ball, there are only going to be but so many opportunities to go around. Like, if you, if you could get two of those guys north of 1,000 yards, and I mean kind of on the low end north of 1,000, like 1,100 or so, mm-hmm. and then get another 800 or 900 out of Noah Fant, I think you're pretty ecstatic with that. Well,
1: yeah, because it tells you your your quarterback's throwing for 4,000 yards. Exactly.
0: Hopefully that means your quarterback is averaging 250 yards or so a game.
1: Yeah. I, I Whoever mean, he is. And that would be fantastic. Yes, um, But it is, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Jerry, I like I said, I'm not going to be the one telling he can't do it because I don't think anyone can cover him. Um, but it's you know, it's going to be very hard with the options out there to rack up 2,000 yards, as <laughs> it would be wherever you are, unless your quarterback's you know Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. Not even Tom Brady, I don't think, is is an option there. I guess you had the Tom Brady-Randy Moss season. I don't even know how many yards he had.
0: Yeah, was that like 1,800?
1: Yeah, he was close.
0: Uh, Jerry Rice pushed around 2,000 once, right? Mm-hmm. And part of, and he had some good supporting talent, but there was a big gap between Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Brent Jones, our tight end. Right. Actually, some years their second best pass catcher was a running back, Roger Craig. Yeah. Who won? I believe he. I believe he did have a one thousand rushing and receiving season. That's sweet. we should think he, that he's doing that in the
1: eighties. I mean, my God. Right. That's yeah. special. Um, okay. Let's. Well, what we're going to go backwards today. So why don't you tell me. Non quarterback notes from practice that we should hit on, and then the second segment we'll uh, we'll get all the quarterback. I'll talking. tell you what we
0: talked a lot about the running game yesterday in terms of writing, and I'm sure you guys talked about it on the show as well. Well, it was kind of like the uh, defense striking back a little bit, especially up front. And I mean the thing that jumped out was guys that were making plays against the run, like you saw Deshaun Williams and Draymond Jones immediately being disruptive against the run. This was a really good day for the defensive line, not only against the run, but in terms of generating some interior pressure, Draymond Jones was in the backfield. Shelby Harris had a play that would have ended up as a sack. Marquis Spencer, and I, I believe Zach's talked about Spencer. I know one of the days he was a name to know or a guy on the rise, and he had a good day today. He had a, he had a couple of plays that would have been run stuffs, another that probably would have been a sack in game conditions. Uh, Telvin Agene was in the backfield as well. I mean, you're seeing the contributions all around. You're actually seeing, on a consistent basis, more pressure coming from the interior dean lineman than from the edges
1: right now. Interesting. Do you think any of that has to do with the fact, not taken away from the interior, but with the fact that Von Miller... One wants to uh, protect himself a little bit this year, and two knows like he knows in his heart I can ruin practice any day. I don't feel like doing it
0: a little bit. He's held back from time to time. Now today, Von Miller was off. He got a vet. He got a veteran on oh, awesome. day, so we saw a little bit more of a, a Bradley Chubb. We also saw like Derek Tusca and uh, Derek Tuska and um, Malik Reed. Now Tuska, there was an interesting moment in practice because we're seeing some one on ones. O line, D line. And uh, Tuska tried to bull rush Garrett Bowles in one-on-one. This is not a good idea.
1: It's not going to go It's not
0: him. going to end well. And Bowles just kind of quickly just brushed him off. And one thing that's interesting...
1: I kind of like the yeah, uh, ambition.
0: I do, but at the same time, something that I'm noticing, Garrett Bowles is becoming a really vocal player. Ooh. And really vocal in kind of helping his teammates. We know, for example, how he helped Calvin Anderson. Anderson lived at the Bowles' house last year. Two of them watched film all the time. Calvin talked about how Bowles kind of helps him to say, all right, you need to react more than you think because Anderson, being that incredibly bright guy that he is, he sometimes has a little bit of paralysis by analysis because mm-hmm. you think it, if you're thinking about too many possibilities, we really need to kind of still it down a little bit. And Garrett has helped him with that but you see Bowles helping his fellow linemen you also see him telling the the guys on the edges oh hey you you know what you do that it's not going to work it's not going to work for you try try something else love that and you think all right this team needs kind of some vocal leaders and not just guys who are going to point the way but guys who are going to tell their teammates when they're doing poorly and here's what you can do differently and, well, and Bowles Vaughn is starting did that with Bowles. right. Vaughn did that with Bowles as a rookie, and in his second year as well. And now Bowles is starting to do that with, with guys on the O line and guys in the front seven as well. And so he's kind of, he, I love, I love seeing that that side of Garrett Bowles. And I love the fact that you've got you're starting to make maybe get a, a player or two who's emerging as that tough love leader. I mean Vaughn is kind of a happy go lucky leader. Yep. If the quarterback position. If it's Drew or Teddy, you know, Drew, you know, Drew's good. You know, you know, just they're one, one of the guys. They're one of the guys. It, T- Teddy's kind of a, you know, he he does. He has friends in every click in the locker room. Everybody likes him. Drew's one of one of the guys. You don't have you don't have many guys who can kind of who can kind of be the correcting leader. Mm-hmm. Bowles might be becoming one of those players. I think Kareem Jackson certainly is on the other side as well. But that's something that you really need. I, I, I love seeing that side of Garrett Bowles today in one-on-one. I also love watching the one-on-ones because, you know, there, there, there were some glimpses. Now, Quinn Miners, he had some false start issues in team. Shows you how far he has to go. Mm-hmm. In one-on-one, that dude is nearly impossible to dislodge. Makes the snap. He gets into his set so quickly and he get and he of course he's got a really strong lower body as we know. Mm-hmm. He is nearly impossible to move. One on ones, conversely, were a little rough for Lloyd Cushenberry. Well, one on ones,
1: yeah, are where actually, a, yeah. where both Quinn Miners and Lloyd Cushenberry right. made their meet at, at the, the, uh, Senior, at the Bowl. Senior
0: Bowl. That's right. A little rougher for Lloyd Cushionberry today. You had guys that were kind of able to to flash across him to to get to one shoulder and then get to the spot where Chris Cooper was standing, basically mimicking the quarterback position. So mean, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by Garrett. I'm encouraged by Garrett Bulls right now.
1: And, you know, it's funny. Uh, we were talking about this last night. I don't know if you – did you see the excerpt that came out of Nikita Nikita Zadorov talking about Nathan McKinnon? No. Well, it's long and awesome. Um, basically, <laughs> you know, you, you'll – when I'm talking, you'll just hear Peyton Manning. Right. Um, but he's basically said, like, uh, Mac will not tolerate anything but a perfect pass in practice that's yes. coming to him. So he's like, if you hit him in the skate, if you just miss his blade by a couple centimeters, he will stop everything, smack the puck back at you, and just say, do it again. I love that. And, you know, the story went on and on and on about how just insane he is. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to be a little insane. And having that type of leader on a team that is willing to just say, like, no, this isn't good enough so the coaches don't have to be the ones to point out when Mm -hmm. it's not good enough can be a really positive thing. The Broncos haven't had, don't have that, and haven't had it for a while. If Garrett Bowles can be that guy, and by the way, he's earned the right mm-hmm. to tell people, and, and he can second it, team all. point you have
0: to earn it. You, you can't like Drew can't do
1: that. Yeah, even yeah. if Drew wanted to, neither can Teddy because Ted, he doesn't have the, right. the seniority. I
0: mean, no, I mean he doesn't have the seniority. At least, I mean at least Teddy has helped the team to the playoffs, so he had he'd have a little more of a case to do. But the quarterbacks can't do it, um, and you're not going to see it from certain positions. I mean. It would be hard for a running back to do it. Like, obviously, it's easiest if it comes from the quarterback, or say, inside like your your inside linebacker who's calling the plays on the defensive side. But it can come from elsewhere. But that guy left the building when Demarcus Ware left the team. Yeah, because you had Peyton and D. Ware, and then you still had D. Ware. Once he was gone, it was gone, and he p- hasn't come back
1: yet. And what what a cool thing about Bowles is. From let's say you are Calvin Anderson is too close to him, so I don't want to use that example. Let's say you're Marquis Spencer, mm-hmm. and Garrett Bowles is just saying like, "Hey man, that's not gonna work. Right. Let me l- let me show you, you know, how you can help." Well, if you're Marquis Spencer, you should have a lot of respect for Garrett Bowles in the sense that he's been at the bottom
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: worked his way all the way up to second team All Pro. So not only does he have you know the um, the accolades to say, "Hey, look, I know I know what it's like in this league," mm-hmm. but he also can level with you and saying, "Look, I was I was nothing at one point."
0: Leadership means more when you had your ass kicked at some point, but when you're just down there with the rest. I mean, with Peyton, how often he talk about the fact that he threw 28 interceptions as a rookie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was the number one overall pick, a generational prospect, but he could lead from a position of saying. Yeah, I suck too yeah. at one point.
1: And it, what's crazy is you, you look later in the career, maybe no one has ever seen the field as well as he saw the field. Yeah. And clearly he wasn't seeing the field as a rookie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he just believed in his arm a little too much, one or the other. But he learned and figured mm-hmm. out a way to see the field better than or as good mm-hmm. as anyone ever. Yeah. And with Garrett, you know, it, it's kind of like how Tiger Woods says, like, I don't know how to teach people how to play golf. Mm-hmm. Or, like, he's like, I couldn't be a coach because I the, just people can't do things. Yeah. Like, certain guys are so good that they're like that. Garrett Bowles is coming from a totally different position. He is not just so gifted and talented that he doesn't know how he got here. Yeah. He knows exactly how he got here. He, had, he put his one foot in front of the other every step of the way to mm-hmm. get to where he is.
0: And he did it by learning technique. I mean, he had the raw athleticism but he became better at technique because he not only listened to his coaches, but he applied what he learned. I mean, everyone everyone can listen to their coaches, but then he took that next step of applying it. And so he can sit there and say, this is where I was in 2018. Look at where I am now. And the steps I took to get here, these are steps that you can take too. Maybe not necessarily to be an all pro, but to maximize what you are and contribute in this
1: league. 100%. All right, if you want to maximize uh, your account at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can take $1 this week and bet it on any fighter, or should I should say either fighter, to land a punch in the main event at UFC 265 this weekend, and you'll get 100 bucks. You bet one, you win 100 on UFC 265. If either fighter in the main event lands a punch, it's a great deal over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And Mace, DraftKings Sportsbook just today Mm -hmm. has launched same game parlays, which is super fun. Wow! So right now it's, it's only on baseball and I believe MLS. Those are the two I've seen. They're going to be expanding it. And I've confirmed with my sources at DraftKings that this is going to be around for football season. Why is that fun? Because you can basically put together a parlay of all fun Broncos things. So you could, you could have a parlay that says Jerry Judy is going to have over four catches um, Melvin Gordon's going to have over 65 rushing yards. The Broncos are going to win. Uh, they're going to hold the Giants to under 17 and a half points. And you start to build all that, and you start to get a ton of great value. Mm-hmm. You hit it all. You go home a big winner. So a ton of fun stuff going on at DraftKings, and they always crank up the boosts uh, and all that good stuff for the beginning of football season. So get in now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and when you use the code DNVR, you can get a sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars. Of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus on a first bet match, each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires a 25X playthrough and restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
0: If I tried to get through all that, that fast, I'd stumble
1: like 10 times. Just, <laughs> I've read it about 10,000 yeah, times. so I still
0: get tongue-tied muscle tied memory at this point. If you don't want to be tongue-tied, have a, a Breck brew. Have two. Have three. Drink responsibly, of course. Make sure you've got that designated driver. We appreciate it, by the way, knowing that there were a bunch of designated drivers in the crowd here at the DNVR bar on Saturday when we had our grand reopening. So people were really responsible about that, and we love to see that. Yes, sir. Yes. So Breckenridge Brewery It's the official beer of DNVR. They've got their good company, Hard Seltzers, here in the DNVR bar. But What we love even more than those beers and seltzers is the fact that Breckenridge Brewery is teaming up with the National Parks Conservation Association this year. Last year, the tragic fires in Colorado were devastating for so many. So this is one of the many reasons that Breck will donate 1% of all profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. So you get a Breck brew, you get a good company, hard seltzer, you're helping our great outdoors. We'll have some events at the DMVR Bar to promote this, including the chance to win a $30,000 escape pod trailer trailer head on over to their website and enter and to win. Just go to BreckBrew.com slash InGoodCO. That's BreckBrew.com slash InGoodCO for more details on winning that $30,000 Escape Pod trailer. We're going to be giving away some Breck Brew swag over the course of the summer, so check it out. But don't forget to enter to win, to try and win, I should say, that Escape Pod trailer. Go to BreckBrew.com slash InGoodCO.
1: All right. Also, I want to just tell you about the great things we have going on down here at DNVR. Uh, this weekend, we mentioned UFC 265 as it relates to DraftKings. Well, we will have the fight on here at DNVR, and we don't charge a cover. Uh, all we ask is that you come down here and have a damn good time. So uh, I'll be here. Ali will be here. Mace, you going to swing by for UFC, maybe? Hit me with a maybe. Maybe,
0: although it's this weekend, right? Yes, Saturday. I'll be at the Hall of Fame.
1: Oh, Okay, he's not going to be here.
0: I will be watching but our friend Steve Atwater unveil his unveil his bust and give a right? speech. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh, that's what a thrill! That's going to gonna be awesome. Get to see a friend, a, a very dear friend, Steve Atwater, and then two of my favorite guys I ever covered. The next night, John Lynch and Peyton Manning going. It's really, it's just going. It's phenomenal. It's like this is, uh, this is your life as a football fan and as a football journalist. This is. I saw John Lynch growing, of course, in Tampa back in the right. day as well. So this is really cool.
1: Well, that'll be awesome. Yeah. If you're not going to Canton, <laughs> come by the DNVR bar. Get yes. yourself a member sized beer. Uh, get yourself all sorts of great stuff down here. Check out our merch store. New hats came in uh, yesterday, so you oh, can check those these
0: out. These are fire. They're sweet. These hats.
1: So uh so much going on, but especially want you guys to come check out the bar this weekend for UFC two sixty five. All right, Mace. Let's move on to the quarterbacks. This will be probably the only time it takes us thirty minutes before we talk quarterbacks, but uh, not as juicy the last two days as it relates to these guys.
0: Not as juicy, although some interesting stuff. And you know, I mentioned the past that Teddy had to uh, to Noah Fant uh, beautifully executed play action, but then throwing across the field, and that's you know that's something that's key for Teddy because he doesn't have the arm strength. So when he rolls out, can he throw sideline to sideline? If he rolls right, can he throw left? If he rolls left, can he th- can he throw right? Is there enough there? Well, there was more than enough there. He had and, and he was able to take advantage of Fant getting past Justin's Tornado touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. that's and that's key. If Teddy can make those kinds of throws, it will make him harder to defend for the defense as well. Totally. So, that's a key thing for him. I mean, Drew had, had a solid day. I think you would have been able to say it was a good day for Drew if he did not have that pick at the end. And that was kind of, you know, he had the offense going. It was first-team offense versus combo first-second-team defense there. Like, they had OJ Moody out there for the series, for example. But they had Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson back there at safety some nice passes there was a pass to Cortland Sutton for 24 yards gets the ball rolling they started at their own 25 they're at the they're they're in the red zone they've got third they've got third down and the thing that kind of frustrate frustrates you on this and will probably frustrate drew when he watches the film is that he could have scrambled for the yards. He could I mean he he had third down. It was not something where you had to go for it all right then and there. Although it was a scenario where the offense was down seven, it did need so the they score. needed a touchdown. But they had the, I, I believe they had 30, 33 seconds on the clock.
1: And how many yards to go? Uh, fourteen. Okay,
0: they had third down. It was it wasn't the end of the world here. I mean he could have he could have taken the scramble, gotten the, the gotten to the line to, get, to gain and clocked it and put the offense in good shape. And so. He tried to force it in there, and Justin Simmons picked it off. And, you know, Simmons is going to make you pay for that. Mm -hmm. So there are some safeties who aren't going to react, who aren't going to have the same kind of quick reaction, the ability to read the quarterback's intent as Simmons does. But you also, you do go against some good safeties on the draft, I mean, or in the schedule. You know, Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, he's probably going to make that play too. yeah.
1: Yeah, and it sucks From a Drew Locke perspective, because it sounds so familiar, right? Mm -hmm. It was all good until it wasn't. We've seen that happen. You know, you go back to the opening drive against Kansas City, where Mm -hmm. it's like they're moving the ball, they got a chance to really start this game off well. And then one just lapse, mental lapse, maybe just a, um, maybe not even considered mental lapse, just a,
0: Bad decision,
1: uh, yeah, and a, an over aggression that yeah. isn't exactly necessary. Charger
0: game too. I mean, the, like that that first drive in the Chargers game, you know, it's third down. He throw and he rolls out. That's where you wish he it would have been. Kind of Teddy throwing it away and just getting the field goal. Yep. Ditto. Ditto for the Chiefs game. I mean, that's you know, getting points on the board is, is crucial there. And uh, now again, they they were down seven, so situationally. You so situationally you're gonna try it. If he tried that on fourth down, I think I would have felt better about it. But trying it on third down, and again when you had the when the, it was opening him up to scramble like te, like Teddy had a play today where things earlier in practice opened up at like the, everybody was covered, but there was a lane right down the middle and he just took off and he would have in, in game conditions it would have been 15 yards. And yeah. Teddy's a good and he's not a, he, Teddy's not Lamar Jackson, but he's a good enough runner to do that.
1: Right. The thing that you wonder though, in this, you know, goes back to us not knowing exactly what the coaches are right. telling these guys is have maybe the coaches say, Hey, look, we know you can scramble. Yes. So when you get outside of the pocket, look to make a play with your arm first.
0: Well he was in the pocket, like
1: Okay, he was in the pocket. Yeah,
0: like he he not he hadn't really moved outside. Like he wasn't like he wasn't like toward the sideline outside the numbers kind of thing.
1: But it was just open up the yeah, middle it was for a, running if you wanted it would, to. It
0: would would okay. it would have been, it looked like it was there and Again, it was third down, fourth down. I think you might have a, you're gonna have a different perspective on it. But down, the down and distance and situation matters. And so then Teddy goes up twos versus twos. Actually, kind of starts it the same way Drew did. About a, about a 19 yard completion to get him to get him going, get him, uh, get him to midfield. They're moving the ball well. Then they get to the 20 yard line, and he's looking for Brandon Mack, and. Teddy described it after practice as miscommunication. It, kind of a code for when quarterbacks say that. If it's on them, the quarterback, and Teddy and Drew are both the kind of guys who will say, it's on me. Miscommunication didn't say it was on me, just said it was miscommunication. Brandon Max going in one direction, the ball goes the other. Mm. So,
1: And that was intercepted.
0: That was intercepted by a guy whose name keeps coming up all the time. Rogesterman Ferris. Wow. He's always around the ball, probably because they're always throwing in his direction.
1: Or Jessam Ferris, no days off.
0: Yes. Of course, he came a little bit late. He was in camp signees. Yes. So, rojesterman Ferris comes up with the pick to end it. By the way, um, on that lock interception, the guy who had, was the most visibly frustrated was Garrett Bowles. Mm. He was really upset. You could hear him. Cuss. I wouldn't say, maybe not cussing, but he was angry. He was angry.
1: Yelling up a storm. He was
0: yelling up a storm. So not quite the same thing with Teddy, but you, you, it's funny. Like you kind of look at these moments and, and you're like, uh, you want one of these guys someone, to, yeah. some someone break forward. Because, you know, both Zach and I kind of had the same point total today. Teddy six drew four. Big thing was Teddy having that shot to Noah Fant. And yet Teddy, even though it's a miscommunication, if he doesn't have that pick, if he leads a touchdown drive there, it's Teddy kind of getting a getting a knockdown of Drew today. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Drew could have at least had it all square, maybe even a slight advantage if he gets that touchdown there in the red zone. Didn't happen. Like these, you know, they just. I mean, you don't want. It's don't like
1: want, a game. It's like a game <sighs> where you keep saying to yourself, "Who wants to win this?"
0: It's a. It's. It's kind of a reminder that you are that. You are dealing with quarterbacks that around the league are widely regarded as two guys that if you had them if you had them starting that would they'd be in the bottom third. That's kind of that's what they are at this point. Yep. Like it or not. It's a question of whether the rest of the roster is enough to where you can still have some success because we have seen that teams can overcome that level of quarterbacking if the rest of the team is doing well enough. We saw Buffalo in 17 as a wild card team. Jacksonville that same year won a division. I mean, even like it took a great defense, but even Peyton Manning was not a high level quarterback across the board in 2015, kind of the extreme example because you had an all time defense, but Mitchell Trubisky in 2018 for the bears. Wasn't a great quarterback. They won 12 games because they could run the ball. They had some explosive guys uh, when they did, when they did complete some passes and they had a great defense. And so when I say this, it doesn't mean that success is out of the, out of the question for the Broncos. It's just going to happen in a way that might make you want to tear your hair follicles out of your scalp. (laughs)
1: Lovely. I just think (laughs) lovely image there. huh? This is what I've been saying all all off season though, which is the dream that exists for Broncos fans. If you're talking about a best case scenario is about Drew Locke winning this job and at some point, for whatever reason, clicking, and he just goes over a hump and mm-hmm. becomes a better quarterback. And we've seen it happen before. It's not exactly um, a common occurrence, but it does exist. That's the dream, and it, there's
0: the possibility of that. Yes, I mean Teddy is probably as at this point, Teddy is not reaching that level. Mm-mm. So basically, it's Teddy. You either take Teddy as he is and probably as he will be or Drew well he might get there but right now he's not there right and so do you go for the might be over the almost certainly won't be
1: yeah and I would but I'm not coaching for my job and that's what right. that's the great debate right is 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 Vic Fangio going to come out and say let me go with the safer option at least to start the season because we play you know three very beatable Mm -hmm. teams in our first four games. Right. So I don't want – I want to lower the variance as much as I possibly can. That would make sense to me. Can't
0: blame him for that.
1: Or do you say, hey, let's let Drew go out there and get his confidence up early in the season against some lesser teams and hope that maybe that's what launches him to that next level. For every point, there's a counterpoint. It's what does make this quarterback competition interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is the underlying – bummer of what you're talking about there's a reason these two guys are competing for a starting job and it's because neither of them at least to this point have proven themselves to be a solid starter in the nfl or else they wouldn't be competing
0: right and they're two incomplete incomplete quarterbacks they just that that's what they are at this point now can drew find what he's missing possibly like what teddy is missing the arm talent, unless all of a sudden a new arm sprouts from his shoulder. It's not he's mm-hmm. he's not gonna be able he's not gonna have the velocity. He's not gonna put the zip on it that Drew can. Now, it's encouraging when you see him throw across the field deep to no offense.
1: Right. He doesn't he's not working with nothing. Right.
0: But he's not but you're not gonna say, Wow, he really he really winged it in there. That's right. just that, that's not him. So I mean I I, I i guess i kind of sound resigned about it because it's like okay this is this is who they are now the other interesting that comes in you mentioned okay the coaches are trying to keep their jobs mm-hmm. and the other interesting thing is okay who knows this offense who knows things better and graham glasgow had that comment where he talked about teddy being more thorough in the huddle and he kind of then you kind of was trying to walk it back you can hear beep 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 but it's out there now and he's probably not the only one who feels that way yeah. About Teddy versus Drew in the huddle. And I think the other thing that comes up is that Teddy is a little it is, and this is owing to him being a veteran, owing to him having run this offense before and learned it, he's more comfortable with things pre-snap. Drew is improving. He's put a lot of work into that, but Teddy is still above him. Like for there was a play yesterday where Drew didn't didn't look like he diagnosed a corner blitz. And Sertan was there unblocked. It kind of reminds you of when Brock Osweiler was running the Kubiak offense in 2015. One of the reasons he got benched in that Charger game was, like, there was a corner blitz, and everyone's like, oh, he was unblocked. But that was on Osweiler, mm-hmm. because he did an idea didn't ID pre-snap. It.
1: Yep.
0: So, it you know, it sound like John Fox. It is what it is.
1: And we talked about this before the show went live. It feels like... So, we talked, like, pre-pads yeah. was its own little section. Right. Now, pads are going to be its own little section, but it feels like the next milestone, the next opportunity to really get separation in this race is going to come in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, against somebody else. Somebody who doesn't, who doesn't know you, who doesn't see you. Of course, the interesting thing is they, don't, they, uh, they know Teddy to some degree. Yes. A few of them do. Now, like, Mike Zimmer does. But there's been a lot of turnover, I mean, like in the coaching staff there over the years, and a lot of turnover on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't, I mean, I'm I'm going to blank here, but I'm guessing there's probably about 10, maybe 12 guys left from the Vikings when Teddy maybe played on the team. Yeah. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of institutional knowledge that's going to be used against Teddy and when he's out there.
1: I also think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on this, Mace. Drew Locke got the first snap of camp because of his quote unquote seniority with the Broncos. Uh-huh. Does that mean he gets the first snap of the preseason game because of his quote unquote seniority with the Broncos. If Teddy gets it, it might be a, I mean, they'll be able, they'll be able to explain it away if they want, but to me it might be an indication. Okay. They think he has a slight lead.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I don't know how they're going to react, going to do that. I mean, if, they're saying it's even Steven, and it might just be, okay, well, we're going to default to Drew. Uh, and maybe it's going to be as simple as saying one of them gets the first snaps in practice and another gets the first snap in the game. Yeah. Or one gets the first snap on Wednesday, one gets the first snap on Thursday, one gets the first snap uh, when it's game time on Saturday afternoon. I mean, who knows? It's probably, I. It might be something like that where they try to kind of split the baby as much as possible.
1: Well, the good news is... <laughs> Mace will be there to uh, yes. tell us exactly who got the first snaps in practice. And of course, we'll all be able to watch the game when it goes down. Um, but Mace, this is your uh, yeah. last show of the week, at least on the live side of things. We'll obviously finish the podcast here in a second mm-hmm. before you head out to Canton.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll be popping in. I mean, there's ways to get me on live yes. from Minnesota, I'm sure. So this is not going to be the last that year for me, but it's going to be uh, RK and Zach. So it'll be, it's, it's going to be different. I'm not used to being away from camp for this long. Yeah, because be the hall of fame it's it's throwing my rhythm off a little bit to have to right have right there in the middle of camp miss three practices like that
1: yes that is very very odd. strange so all right i'm
0: counting f- on you you guys take good notes
1: we will You are my eyes yes uh we're gonna get to the podcast side of things if you've watched this and you enjoyed it hit us with a thumbs up on your way out you can also subscribe so you don't miss uh the next time we go live and again. Broncos are off tomorrow, so we won't be here tomorrow, but we'll be back on Friday. Zach and I break it down, whatever went down at practice. Again, we're going to switch over to the podcast side of things. You can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, before we move on, I have a PSA for you, a pubic service announcement uh, from our friends over at Manscaped. (laughs) Uh, They have dropped the lawnmower 4.0, and that means the Performance Package 4.0 is out alongside it. Inside it, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole system in. So check out Manscaped and use that code DNVR at Manscaped to get 20% off plus free shipping and you will be a happy man and you'll probably, uh, if you have a woman, have a happier woman. So check out Manscaped and use that code DNVR.
0: Also, check out our friends over at Solace Meds, the premier dispensary for y'all, with some hot deals to offer for the the month of August. Pardon me. Solace Meds, of course, has four convenient Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway in Denver, and one on East Colfax, just blocks from the DNVR bar. And here are some sizzling deals for the month of August. Dixie Elixirs, two for $30. That's Eric Whedon's favorite. Spectra, 20% off. Ripple, 25% off. Silver Shelf Flower, 15% off. Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates, 15% off. And if you head on into any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20 as well. That's any location of Solace Meds. Head on in, mention that code DNVR20 to get 20% off and get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. And, of course, that code DNVR20 I mentioned, that'll get you 20% off your entire purchase. Use that at checkout. And here's what you do. You head on over to solacemeds.com, that's S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com, order online, and then pick it up at your nearest location at your convenience. Couldn't be easier. Go to solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. Use that code DNVR20 and get 20% off solacemeds.com.
1: Also, I want to tell you guys about Ball. Yes, like Ball Arena but also Ball Aerospace and the Ball Cans. Pretty much everywhere that you uh, are getting and drinking out of a can, it's coming from Ball. They made over 101 billion cans in 2020, which is just an absurd number. it's a and lot of cans. It is a hell of a lot of cans. And they want to make more. And so to make more cans, they need more employees. And they're looking right at you to come join them. So right here in Golden, you can apply to work at Ball and uh, – Try to get a position at their aluminum can plant. They're looking for people just like you to come work for them. Uh, So to get in on this, text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Or you can just simply text GOLDEN to 77222. All right, Mace, let's move into the comment section.
0: Yes, let's get started with our friend, The Count, who leads us off today by asking us this as i scroll up that's my way of buying time while i scroll up (laughs) another year at camp which means it's time for the power trio to enlist the new crew of the lifeboat boys and the bubble bubble guys who you got let's hear them love the count okay bubble bubble explain
1: well the bubble bubble is the guys who are you know barely gonna make this thing okay um that is uh basically you've got two competing bands here Mm mm-hmm Lifeboat boys. Yes, they're in the lifeboat. If you are going down, you need mm. to save these guys. Right. The bubble bubble guys. Okay. And um, the bubble bubble guys are just uh, just they're good enough to make the team mm-hmm. or be a NFL player, but they're not quite there.
0: Okay, that's fair. So Let's like go, uh, three
1: three each. All right. Because we go through the whole thing, and i will take a whole show. Yeah.
0: On okay on the lifeboat. Calvin Anderson's on my lifeboat.
1: Okay. Think more about like the top players on the team.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about guys that are kind of they're not starters. Okay, they're backup. Yeah, no, those are the bubble like, guys. Okay. But so he's like, but he's not but he's not a bubble, so Calvin's in, in between. But Calvin's yes. on my deal. Okay. The lifeboat guys are Jerry Judy.
1: Mm-hmm. He's probably is he number one? He has the first ticket onto the lifeboat right now?
0: Yes, right now he does. I think he does too. You know what? I am going Jerry Judy, Garrett Bowles.
1: Yeah. Gotta have Bowles.
0: And uh even though he's only a rookie, I'm I'm putting Sertan on my lifeboat.
1: One of those times where you and I are uh, oh simpatico. my gosh. oh my, that's gosh. exactly what I put on my three man lifeboat as well. All right, uh, three guys. Let's say they're on the right side of the bubble for you, but just barely.
0: Okay, right side of the bubble. Um, I'm finding a way to keep Trandy Benson on this team. Mm, he's just making that. plays, play after play after play.
1: Do you think he can play special teams like?
0: That's the question. Yeah. Can he be a gunner? That that's where he's going to earn his job. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll see someone like Seth Williams, who actually did he he did get involved today as well. And we're going to get into games and probably get a little bit of a, a better glimpse. But I, I I'd say he's a bubble bubble guy. Um, Marquise Spencer, seventh round pick. So that's a that's somebody who you could sneak through the practice squad, but. The last few days and the last two days since pads went on, consistently making plays, consistently getting in the backfield. See, I don't think McTelvin is, is a bubble guy. Marquis Spencer is a bubble guy. And he's on? Yeah, he's on. And then um, another guy who keeps flashing, keeps popping up is Andre Mintz. And he got the big signing bonus among the undrafted rookies as well. Mm hmm. Think he fin- I think he's on my bubble bubble list right on now.
1: On the team, not just the practice score. Yes. He wow, sneaks
0: on in the 53.
1: All right, well, I haven't seen nearly as many camp practices as you, so I'm going to lean your way when it comes to the bubble bubble boys. I know.
0: Ryan Edwards loves him some Andre Mitz.
1: Love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Some people call me the Space Cowboy, says regarding your Alabama players currently on NFL res- rosters. Article written May 2021, and this is from the Nick Saban era. I'll go by amount of players. Six players on the Dolphins. Five players on the Raiders and Pats. Four players on the football team, Steelers, Eagles, Giants, and Browns. Three players on the Broncos, Titans, Texans, Pal- Panthers, and Falcons. And it goes on. Um, so, so, no, it didn't bear out. We were saying, I wonder if the teams who are selecting the most Alabama players are having the most success. It's not true.
0: No. And actually, you look at some of the teams that are down there with 0 and 1, and you've got the Bills, the Saints, the Packers. The Seahawks, Tampa Bay, the world champions have one. You also have the Cardinals, Meh, the Lions, the Colts. Is anyone gonna be left standing on that team?
1: You know what I'm actually starting to wonder though as yeah. I look at this? Is it, are more Alabama players on worse teams because worse teams have higher draft picks?
0: Possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean but the football team, for example, like went heavy on Alabama defensive guys for a while. Mm-hmm. just picked picked a bunch they, they like in general they like sec defensive guys over in washington of course the best guy they have defensively now is a big 10 guy right the monstrous chase young so
1: all right next one from free philip lindsey i'm a little behind on pods but i've been a little blown away by how often you guys discuss teddy as no upside no future with him option as opposed to someone who could still grow and get better the guy isn't like fitzpatrick he's 28 He hasn't even played the equivalent of four seasons. It seems like something about Teddy makes some people look at him different than other quarterbacks. Tannehill was 28 and had over four seasons in Miami before going to the Titans. And, of course, there's countless examples of QBs improving and growing towards their ceiling or raising their ceiling at age 28, uh, even if it's not as pronounced as Tannehill. Uh, it's not like Teddy's development is magically stopped at this point. He might be the lower upside option compared to Drew or a very little upside, but it seems as accurate to treat him like he has no upside, not to mention if we all are, if all we get is Teddy's current ceiling, look at what he did with the, the Saints. Um, that can be great for years while we draft or develop or acquire the guy. Any of this is not I want Teddy to be the starter, more as I'm perplexed why Teddy is being described as having no upside. Great coverage throughout camp so far. Well, I will say we have talked about the – perceived or possible upside with Teddy talking about that short run he had there with the Saints Mm -hmm. talking about the fact that he got he's got to the Vikings uh to the playoffs one year so we've mentioned it I honestly think what it comes down to with Teddy is a lack of physical tools that is what creates the narrative that this is probably what he is because it's not as if he has a rocket arm and he just hasn't honed it in yet or you know he's uh, blisteringly fast mm-hmm. or anything he lacks elite tools in any or any part of his game and that's barren, that that's bore itself out in what we've seen on the field and so it leads us to believe we're probably looking at what teddy bridgewater is
0: you look at a guy who doesn't have elite tools in particular quarterback when it comes to the arm and you feel like he's maximizing what he has whereas with drew he does have zip he does wing it okay he's not in terms of quarterback uh, arm velocity, arm talent, he's not Josh Allen. No one is. He's he's not Lamar, you know, Lamar Jackson can 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 throw canning shots, okay? He's maybe not in the class of some of those guys that have the the big rifle arms, but he's got a good arm, a very good arm in terms of velocity, arm talent. And so you're like, "Okay, how can he harness that?" Whereas with Teddy, you feel like he's harnessed what he is to the best of his ability. With Drew, it's like, okay, what else is there? Mm-hmm. Can he can he find the rest that he's missing? Yeah, he's certainly working on it. As he alluded to, and others have alluded to. That's why By the way, I saw this thing on the Athletic. Mike Sando did one of his anonymous GM coach stories about the quarterbacks, and somebody anonymously said that Drew was too quote casual unquote in his study, and I'm like, uh. That's some really out of date info at best, and completely far school at worst. Mm. Study habits are not Drew's problem. No, in fact, they're a strength of his right now.
1: Drew's problem is trying to be a hero. Yeah, wants to be a little too aggressive when he doesn't need to. At least to me, that's that's yeah. his biggest kryptonite. Is he wa- he believes in himself to make a play that he shouldn't be trying to make. Mm-hmm.
0: He did that in Mizzou, and part it may be who he is. It's possible because like I, because watching all them is all these games at Mizzou. It's, you know, there were some times when trying to be the hero worked out, but there were a lot, but there were other times like, Oh man, Drew, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So
1: to answer the question broadly, yeah, yeah. Drew's the younger guy with better tools and less of a sample. Yeah. Teddy is the older guy with worse tools and more of a sample. It leads mm-hmm. us to believe that's the guy who he is. And whereas Drew has potential, yep. like you just said, he might just be this guy. He might never shake what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's very possible that if it doesn't work out right now, mm-hmm. we've seen the last of Drew Locke as a starter in the NFL.
0: Or he bounces around like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy who sometimes doesn't know his limitations. Mm-hmm. And he tries to wing it in there. It's I mean, true. You, you could Honestly, I look at these two quarterbacks, and I think they're going to end up playing 10 to 14 years in the NFL somehow, some way. But they may be lower-level fringe starters, sometimes backups. Mm-hmm. But, they, but they'll but they keep getting shots. Teddy will get shots because he's a good placement passer, and Drew will get shots because of the arm talent.
1: Next one here from Dan Burke. Hey, guys, so to follow up on yesterday, Chief Keefe gets called Sosa primarily because of the character in Scarface, but he's also made reference to Sammy, so it's both. Uh, while we're on the subject of Sosa, do you think that Draymond's rookie years are a reasonable barometer for a team, or should we set our sights higher? For, rec- for reference, Draymond had three and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, six quarterback hits, and two passes defended, including one pick and 14 games played in 2019. I think that's a fair bar.
0: I think that's a perfect bar. Yep. Because he's going to be a rotational guy, and maybe somebody gets hurt and he gets some starts. And kind of like Draymond was back in 2019.
1: Next one's from Melbourne Bronco. Okay. He says, Hey guys, yesterday's comment of the day. Zach. <laughs> What's the race called where they jump hurdles? RK. Oh, okay. Hurdles. <laughs> 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 yes, that was, a, that was oh. a good moment. I should clip that. That did, was funny. Did
0: Zach kind of freeze after He was like,
1: Is that what it's called? I was like, Yep. Yeah, Unless four, you're thinking of the steeplechase. Yeah,
0: 400 meter hurdles. 110 yep. meter hurdles, right? And he
1: was talking about, we were talking about the Norwegian guy. Yes. Who set the record. Ungodly
0: race, my girl. My yeah. gosh!
1: Uh, yeah, two guys set the world record. We yes. were talking about how much that sucks. Like you look at the world record in your training, and you are like, if I beat that, I win gold. And
0: you won silver.
1: And you got silver, but That's also like the we were kind hard of hard luck loss. Yeah, we were also kind of clowning on the guy from Norway who tried to rip his shirt unsuccessfully.
0: Okay, he, he, what the key is you gotta. If you really want to do that, you gotta take a razor and kind of uh, break the, some some threads. Because the late Woody Hayes, when he coached Ohio State, he would take his mesh. Oh, black O ball cap, or the red Scarlet O on the black mm-hmm. ball cap, and he would kind of slice up the mesh with a uh, with a razor. And then when he got upset in practice, it would tear easier. Mm. And it, it was a message he sent to the players. Well, that's the real the
1: problem is the collar. You got to get something with the collar, because that's mm. the part that's the most well sewn. Yes. So, so you uh, just
0: got to unravel it there a little bit.
1: Uh, You want to get this next one from Mrs. Quill? Yes,
0: let's do that. How do you best go about evaluating Locker Teddy when they're struggling in practice against the ones since that is potentially the best unit in the whole league? Obviously, most of all teams you play will have worse defenses than what they see in practice, so how do you use that in your evaluation?
1: You don't really have to, right? uh, You have to do it, I guess, in terms of how good they could be this season. Yes. Um, But since they don't move the ball, you don't really get that good of a feel of, like, Mm -hmm. that anyway. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about... Comparing them against each other, you don't have to wait it because they're both going up against ghost defenses. Right. You hope, or as it's been told to us, an equal amount of times over time.
0: Yes, and that's the goal over the course of camp. But, like, today, Drew is intercepted by Justin Simmons, and Teddy is going up against the twos. And, you know, there's advantages. The advantage of uh, if you're one versus one, two versus two, the advantage if you're with the ones is you got better guys around you. The disadvantage is you go up against a great defense. Teddy has the advantage of facing the twos, but then the disadvantage of going against receivers who probably aren't going to be here in four weeks, right? Or going with the receivers, and if one of them, if there's miscommunication, like he alluded to, maybe one didn't know where to go, and then you get a pick.
1: Yeah, you're throwing to Vontae Mack or whatever his name is,
0: Brandon Mack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have two. They have Isaiah Mack on the defensive line. They have Brandon Mack on the.
1: But no Vontae Mac. no
0: Mack. No Vontae Mack. No matter what, um, Chadwick Bozeman, rest in peace. <laughs> Lionel Hutt's attorney at law for Mace with everyone, myself included, drinking the absolutely delicious Kool-Aid. It seems that everyone is increasing their perspective win total for the season. What do you think the win's cutoff is for the Vic to stay on as head coach? P.S. Kool-Aid, I want me to drink you right now, but it's the middle of the work day. Simpsons? Yeah, it's, except in, in the Simpsons episode, he's talking about bourbon. brownest the brown liquors. You want me to drink you right now, but I'm in the middle of a trial. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess I uh, my win total hasn't increased. No, Washington mine hasn't. I thought I I thought I I thought it was probably an eight to ten win team, eleven if they get lucky, and I still think they're that, and I think they're that no matter which of these guys is the quarterback.
1: Yep, I'm. Uh, I, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times before the season starts. I'm in show me mode. Mm-hmm. I won't believe anything until I see it.
0: That's fair. And will you even believe it at three and oh?
1: Yes. I will even with I, the knowing myself that, I will drink the Kool-Aid at 3 and 0. See, that's the
0: thing. It's going to be it's going to be how they win. If they go 3 and 0 against those teams and they're dominant, I'll start believing.
1: I don't need dominant. If though.
0: they're 3 and 0 but they're winning like 13-10 okay, in New yeah. York, 20 to 13, and then maybe they beat the Jets by a couple of touchdowns, my feeling in my gut's going to be reality's coming in the form of the
1: Ravens and Steelers. And it'll be an awesome yeah. test for but, them if they are three and. But it'll
0: be nice because it'll give you hope for a while. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like when the Bucks would start five and two when they were in their bad years. Well, it gives you hope. It's, George Payton said, relevant games in November and December, right?
1: Yes, and if you're three and zero, you have a very good chance of playing relevant games, whether you know whether you make it or not. Yep. Um, what's a cutoff for Vic to stay as head coach? I say he has to get to seven wins.
0: I think he's a winning season.
1: There's a big gap between you and I.
0: I would say this: um, the 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 coaching staff certainly feels pressure. Look, George Payton and and he said, "Hey, I get Vic. I gave you your corners." It's not that they don't get along, but when you weren't hired by the general manager, there's always that level of nervousness.
1: Oh, you you should absolutely right. be nervous. I just, you know, I don't know. I get the feeling that George likes uh, Vic. Oh, uh, just, I think he wants to give him a chance, but we'll see. We'll see from MZ burrow. I see a lot of people on Twitter making fun of the need to practice throwing the ball out of bounds thoughts. Well, I would say this, if you don't practice something, then don't expect to get it right. Mm-hmm. So as a coach, you want to cover every single base. Yeah. Um, And I don't know exactly what the scenario that they were working on was. Yeah. But. I seem to remember a game. I want to say Texas was involved with Colt McCoy and they needed to throw the ball away. It was like they wanted to gain a couple yards, but they told the quarterback, Hey, Mm -hmm. throw the ball away. If it's not there, because we still want to try this 60 yard field goal or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And Colt McCoy threw the ball way too high. And he was extremely fortunate that the ball hit the ground with barely one second left on the clock. So this is something you want to work on with your quarterbacks. Okay, there's seven seconds on the clock. We want you to roll right. Look to see if you can gain a quick five yards. If you can't, throw the ball out of bounds, but don't lob it up in the air. Make sure it hits the ground soon because that's when the clock stops. doesn't matter where it's going. It doesn't stop until it hits something.
0: Well, we saw this in the Miami game last year. Drew was trying to throw it away and end the game. Didn't make it to the sideline. Tim Patrick had the catch. So that alone makes me say, yeah, you got to practice this.
1: Because you get, you got it wrong last year. If I'm Drew, I will never admit I wasn't trying to complete that pass. It was
0: the longest connection of the season until the final game. Yes. <laughs> anyway, G him chill. The big winner in this QB competition will be George Payton. If QB one busts, Payton can clean house and get his guys in here. QB one hits, he looks like a genius for being patient. Win-win for old Georgie. This take isn't wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, this, is, this is the uh, benefit of being at the beginning of your contract. Right. Everyone gets the benefit of the doubt early in their contract,
0: and there, but there, there are an awful lot of guys on contract years, and if this thing goes askew, George will say, "Okay, I gave it a shot." Now I'm mashing the reset button, potentially with a new owner. But will that new owner keep George Payton around? That's
1: the thing. I mean, they should.
0: <laughs> they should. But you never you never know. Money bet ba- and money bags might have their own GM in mind. I mean, Edgar Kaiser fired Fred Gurky within a week of taking of taking over the Broncos and hired. Grady Alderman and Dan Reeves fired Red Miller as well. I mean, clean house, just like that.
1: All right, Mace, I know uh, you have to run because you've got a flight to catch tonight. Thank you. Um, So let's do one more and then we'll go. Absolutely. Uh, And Dak Logan says, Hey guys, great camp coverage so far in camp. I'm loving this content. I have tickets to Broncos versus Vikings. Are any of you going to be in the cities for the practice and the game? Well, we talked about that earlier.
0: Be in Minneapolis. Can't wait.
1: Also, I like your comment on reps at QB. When they do a combined practice and play in a live game, Drew and Teddy should probably play most of the game and give the last five to ten minutes to Brett. What are your thoughts on how long Brett should stay in the game? Cheers.
0: I agree with that because these guys need work and need reps. It was actually curious today because they had a red zone, seven-on-seven period, and Drew didn't get any reps. It was Teddy and then Rippin. I mean... What are we doing? Thank you. (laughs) It was like Kevin Hogan all over again. What good does this do you? You have a competition. Let the competing
1: guys get the reps. Also, like... If I'm the coach, I'm sorry. Third-string quarterback, you get 10 reps a day, like maybe. Yeah. Honestly, if you know what I would be saying? If we have to use you, we are you-know-what.
0: We're hoping we play the Jets again. <laughs> we are effed <laughs> is what I would be saying.
1: So guess what? You get to learn with your eyes. Yeah, very fair. Um, all right, uh, that is going to wrap things up for us today. Sorry if we didn't get to your comment um we do try to get to all of them but sometimes we have a few too many so if you want to copy and paste it over tomorrow or if you want to ask a new question tomorrow we'd be happy to get to it then we also want to give a shout out to green mountain dental we've had several listeners switch over to green mountain dental uh and make them their permanent family dentist uh you got to go over there and you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you get a cleaning x-ray and exam from green mountain dental so for now that's going to wrap it up but we will talk to you on friday no pod tomorrow we'll talk to you on friday on the dnvr broncos podcast